Welcome to Matt Talk with Jake and Braden. Five, six, seven, eight. All right. Welcome to Matt Talk Podcast. This is episode four. I am Jake, and of course, I am here with my friend Braden. Braden, how are you doing? I am doing just fantastic. How about you? I'm doing well, you know. Right now, we're recording on Monday. It's, of course, been a Monday, but we're here. We're ready to roll, talk about some cheerleading. Um, today, I think we're actually going to get into some score sheet stuff. You know, Braden and I, of course, in our opinionated selves, have coached <laughs> for a while. We've looked at the score sheets, and, you know, there are some rules out there that to us don't make sense or are just inconvenient. So we're here to kind of talk about those. We're going to cover a lot of all-star. Um, we'll touch on some college cheerleading and, of course, some high school cheerleading. So, Braden, start it off. Which rule out of all of these really just upsets you? Okay, first one, the one that the biggest, the biggest like jump for me, I think that's the issue of it, the rules of level four standing tumbling to level five standing tumbling. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. And that's because you're going from an example, like what's the go-to level four pass? Uh, two to tuck. It's toe yeah. to tuck jump yeah. combinations to a, a, a tuck. What's the go-to level five pass standing tumbling? Uh, so restricted, it's like standing fools and two to fools. Well, it's just layouts now. Oh yeah. See, I'm it's just layouts. been out of cheerleading for too long. Yeah, no worries. So, okay. No, but so the, the tucks to layouts, right now you're still a level behind because in running tumbling level four, you're doing layouts. You're doing tucks and standing tumbling level five. You're doing fulls and then you're doing layouts. Okay. So you're doing, let's, let's just give them the, the most elite pass. You're doing a, a one to whip, two to layout. What is elite in level six? Now that is the one to whip double. Spinning twice. One to whip double. Bounding. Two to whip double. Of that. Two to full whip double. You're going from a one to whip, two to layout, to a two to full whip double. Are you joking? How is that even a safe or nor, how is, how do you justify that jump? I don't think you can. Like layouts are a trainer for fools and twisting. So going from one level where you aren't even twisting at all, you're focusing on driving your hips, your set, different things like that. And now all of a sudden, hey, you need to use those hips that you were lifting to spin, but forget once, you now need to do it twice while you're standing tumbling. Okay, I'm, I'm trying, I've like spent some time thinking about like how, how did they justify it? Why was this? change because it didn't used to be this way in level five you used to go two to full one or running full two to full all that stuff like in level four was used to be a layouts also the only thing i can think of is i guess safety that people weren't doing them correctly and were hurting themselves or two they just were like oh that's too hard so we're gonna bump it down no absolutely not why are we changing the why are we changing skills if, if you're on a level four team and you don't have a two to layout i'm sorry I don't think that that should be a level four athlete. I think that if you could do a layout, a running layout, you should be able to do it standing before you achieve that level. Because I mean, it should be an all around. It's like the people who, I mean, if you're on a level four team, you throw a layout, but you can't, you can barely base or fly or back spot a switch up. Then that's maybe not be the level for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just probably need a little more time to progress, but we're changing the sport because, uh, of something being too hard. And that, I mean, that kind of negates the whole part of being a sport. Like it's right. supposed to be pushing yeah. yourself. I mean, I think how it used to be. And like, I, I messed up with my levels there at the beginning because back when I was coaching all-star, 
you know, I was coaching a level four team. It was one to whip, two delay, jumps, two delay, like things like that. And that progression made sense because I think the progression from tuck to layout is a little more seamless than layout to twisting. And so, yeah, in level three, you're not doing standing to tuck, but then you get to level four and you should have standing to tuck and standing to layout. And that progression, I mean, training wise seems safer. Uh, training wise kind of makes more sense. Yeah. You might be on a level four team for a little bit longer, but once you get up to that level five or now level six team, you're going to be a lot stronger of an athlete. You know, that progression from layout to standing to twisting is not as big of a jump from a tuck. Now you got to learn a good layout. You were talking about technique and just strong skills. You got to learn that layout and also twist. Like it almost makes it so much harder to get on that level five or level six team that you've always dreamed of because of the levels. And you mentioned earlier that, I mean, the rules you used to coach level four team and you used to go from standing back handsprings in level three to the one to whip to the layouts and things like that in level four. And even then, like this, the, the, the dumb rules, uh, the dumb jumps in levels is not unprecedented. It's happened before, even whenever we coached together. Yeah. The level three to level four standing tumbling jump was like a toe back handspring to a one to whip to the layout. That is not something that's not a, a, an understandable progression. I think that everything in running should be everything in standing. And I was about two, to ask you, you that. Multiples. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you can do a round off two or three back handsprings level two and you can't do standing two back handsprings, I believe those two match up. Those should be the same level. You sh- if you can do a running tuck, you should be able to do a standing two to tuck. I understand a standing tuck itself being level four skill. I get that. From standing, no back handsprings, you have no extra power. I understand that one. A two to tuck standing should be a level three skill. A two to layout standing should be a level four skill. Two to layout or two to full, five, two to double, six. That makes sense. It progresses. Yeah. Which is the entire point. I completely agree with what you said. And like for me, I know as a tumbler, um, and being in cheer so long, like I used to learn skills through standing tumbling. I didn't go like, oh, let's learn a full punch double and do running first. I learned it out of two back handsprings. And that was because I focused on my back handspring technique, running and standing. So I could generate power in my back handsprings. I focused on that lower technique to be able to learn those skills. And it didn't matter if I was standing tumbling or running tumbling, I was able to do them. And so, you know, I think we've created a stigma in cheerleading with these rules almost where standing tumbling is harder and we're going to dumb it down whatever level you're at to make it easier for you. When in reality, if you have good technique, you should be able to do it out of standing or running. It shouldn't make a difference. Why are we changing the sport? I understand safety. There's a lot of rules that are in place because it's things are unsafe that I 100% understand. I get it. Completely. But safety and lack of the, uh, I hate saying this, but I don't hate saying it. Safety and lack of coaching are two different things. If people can't coach their teams to be, at a certain level. I mean, really all you're doing is because there, I mean, whenever we coached, there was plenty of teams that were 100% able to do those skills. I'm not saying that people on that level can't do the skills. I'm saying they should be able to, they should be allowed to, right? Because now all you're doing, you, you dumb down those skills. Now, okay. Now you've, you've made it accessible to kids who don't have those skills. And now the, I mean, if you have a two to layout, a two to tuck is a breeze. So just because you have a two tuck going on this team, 
those people who's doing a two to layout, they're probably going to have a better and technical, more technical two to tuck. So you're still losing. You're still at that disadvantage. Why, like it doesn't really help anybody. You never, you're not really helping. You're just making it more accessible, making the progression faster, making kids progress quicker and in a way that probably isn't benefiting them. And I mean, I, I'm trying to get out of the mind frame of just being at cheer athletics because we were lucky. And I think you can attest to this. I had level four athletes who had doubles and standing fulls. I had level three athletes who were throwing layouts and learning fulls and getting consistent with fulls. And so their technique was strong at a lower level, which produced a stronger team, stronger standing, tumbling. Their skills were stronger for the level they were at, but they were still training higher levels where it's not like that at most gyms. You know, I've been at smaller gyms also, and you have these skills that you're throwing, you're landing on your feet. Okay, you're on this team. And so I do see that safety aspect of it, but I still think there's too big of jumps just between levels to where you're putting athletes at more risk than they need to be. I agree. All right. Enough heated conversation about that. What is your <laughs> that. worst rule? Where is your worst rule? Okay, so I was just kind of scrolling, you know, score sheets, things like that. And I saw just different like stunt requirements and things. But uh, I peaked at level seven. Not that I've, I mean, I've competed that once at Worlds. Um, that's the college level. You're doing to the higher pyramids, flipping baskets. Uh, you can bound without whips in between, things like that. But I noticed to max out on your elite co-ed stunting skills or just elite stunning skills, you can do a co-ed toss awesome unassisted, or you can do a backhand spring full up unassisted. This to me blows my mind. Like if I I'm a coach understand. and I'm, I'm sitting here like, okay, I have these really talented athletes, right? Like I'm not saying that one, well, one is a little easier than the other. I had a toss awesome. Um, I didn't have a backhand spring full up. But you're thinking about all aspects of this score sheet. You can come up with a creative way to then toss into a toss awesome. So it's still a stunt creativity. Your cleanliness is going to be so much better with a solid just bink, toss awesome, pop it off, move on. All those athletes now have so much more energy than fighting a backhand spring full up. It's so much harder. Like, I mean, to me, I didn't have a backhand spring full up, but I had a toss awesome. If you choreographed a backhand spring full up, I'm going to be out of that section. It's going to cut more people out. Like just do insane amount of toss awesomes that are clean and things like that. Like we we're talking about progression with skills. Why are those in the same category? So here's okay. I have, I have like four different answers for this <laughs> that, I, that blow my mind. Um, the first one you said, I won't come out here and say a toss awesome or a toss QB is easier than a back answer full up. Uh, I will. I'll 100% say that <laughs> because it is, it is easier. It is 100% easier. Skill. Okay. I'll say if it. You're it's looking, easier. Yeah. Okay. So here's how my mind breaks that down in level seven in all-star you have level appropriate and you have elite skills that works in most levels. First of all, I don't, th I don't like that only because there's only two categories and there's so many skills that are way harder than others that all are worth the same because elite. But I mean, we've been talking about that. We probably will talk more about that. There's so many skills that are worth the same that are absolutely 0% the same in difficulty. Um, my second thing being you were taking college level skills and pushing them on an all-star score sheet. I think that is already more difficult. I also think that's why level seven is not as popular as level six 
an all-star because they're pushing level seven skills and or, um, college skills and shoving them into all-star. And it doesn't line up with the score sheet. I don't think it does well in lining up whenever you're looking at actual college where these skills are more used and thrown, you're looking at I am me versus elite. And that is the better breakdown. I am E skills being skills that go straight up and do not flip, have zero inversion, a toss QP, a full up, a double up even. All of these skills go straight up and down. You don't need a spot. In college, NCA or UCA, you can throw a double up and you do not need a spot because it goes straight up and down. Now, that one thing, but, you know, there's always going to be exceptions and, you know, loopholes that you can find it. Anything that inverts, you need a spot. Now, I believe level seven is the same way, but the difference is in college, you get that separation of, I understand that this skill is easier, but this skill is way harder. And in college you have, it's more comparative, I think, because if you throw, just example, Kentucky through double ups, they got more for that double up than they would for a full up because they're, they should. Difficulty is so much better in college because it's a college score sheet made for those skills. We're taking all of that and shoving it into the all-star score sheet and it doesn't work. It does not work. I love that. I, I mean, that was a great explanation. Kind of proud of you right now. I appreciate now. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what does IME stand for? Okay, here's the thing. I've been saying it for so many years, and I um, honestly, no one ever told me. <laughs> my my brain, it stands for intermediate. IME, intermediate. Okay. You're right? We'll go with right? that. I mean, that makes, honestly, that makes sense. Also, doing easier skills. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, for but in your, if you're cheering in college, obviously a full up should be intermediate. In comparison, in comparison to a backhand swing full up, that is an intermediate skill. Absolutely. Yeah. So it makes sense. Now I've googled it and I cannot find it, and I, no one ever explained it to me. So in my brain, it's either intermediate or intermediate elite. But intermediate makes more sense to me. So I'm just gonna roll right. with that and pretend I'm right. You're learning new cheer sling here on Man Talk Podcast today. <laughs> that one was new to me. Uh, really? So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't huge in the college scene, so yeah. I loved college cheer. Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about lower level cheerleading. Like we have uh, the rule of uh, level two inversions to the top. Don't even get me started. Well, I'm getting you started. Let's roll. Level two back handspring half turn to the top is legal. You can literally do a twisting back handspring up in level two. You do the same thing in level six, in level seven. We just talked about a back handspring full up. So you're telling me the back handspring full up is elite in level seven, and a back handspring half up is elite in level two? Excuse me? Explain that one to me. I, I mean, I think of level two, you have a full group. Level seven is probably just co-ed. Uh, but at the same or or all girl can't forget about my all girl um but where's the intermediate progression where does this carry to level three four five six uh three uh half twisting invert to extended one leg four um so you could technically do the same thing you could do a back handspring half up to an extended one leg stunt i think the issue with that's just grips yeah, um, I and okay. I 100% could be inter- in- incorrect here. I believe 
in level two and level three and that kind of stuff, those inverts, the they have to remain contact all the way up versus a release. No, don't mm. get me wrong. Okay. I understand how that is easier, but that's a five level jump <laughs> from two to seven. That is such a little thing. Oh, like, oh, we just hang on in level two. Oh, okay. So if you let go, it's what? Oh, level seven. Excuse me? What happened to three, four, five, six? <laughs> right. Me? Okay. That's kind of where I was like, that's fully where I'm at is like, hang on. There's not, you, we just talked about standing tumbling. There's such a huge jump, even level to level. And this one skill is not really touched much. It's a little thing here and there from level to level that you could bump up to level even like three or four and it, it'd make more sense. Probably be a little safer. I'm going to look at level four. Let's see about level four. What, what do I hate in level four? Probably a lot. <laughs> I, I need to look at the new rules opinions. because <laughs> I have all my opinions, but now it's probably level five. Oh, level four. Elite level appropriate release inversion from below prep level to extended stunt. That would be a back handspring up. A true back handspring up. So we're, <laughs> you're looking at me and you're going to tell me that something that is elite in a college I have done backhand spring-ups. I have competed backhand spring-ups, co-ed. I have watched all-girl teams compete backhand spring-ups, all-girl, in group stunts, and it is a level four skill. Now, why is that not a level five skill? I do not think that progression is is a good progression. I think that it in this case, we're getting way too elite way too early. Why is there no consistency in difficulty? Like why are, and it's always stunt heavy. And I understand, I mean, we've talked about stunts being easier to learn. So I get that, but okay. Well, who are we, now we're asking the question, who's wrong? All-star or college is the back handspring up so easy that a level four team can do it. Or is a back handspring up? Should it be? Misplaced. Throwing it? Yes. Where is it misplaced? What's which, which division is misplacing it? I think that's interesting too. You just bring up the difference. Cause I think uh, on the score sheet, tumbling is not even half the score sheet when I mean, in an all-star routine, pretty much half your routine is that you have only an elite stunt section. You might have something else like a two man or something like that. And then you have a pyramid and baskets where you have a running, tumbling, standing, tumbling, tumbling as transitions. You have tumbling into stunts. If we want to talk about some of that, you have just opening tumbling, I know with teams I coach, we didn't just have one standing tumbling section, you know, level three. We did aerials. Then we did standing three. Then we did back handspring toe two. So you have multiple of these sections and tumbling doesn't even count for half the score sheet. Do you think that has anything to do with these progression of skills? Like they're not really caring as much about how you progress tumbling wise because it's not as important in stunts. Well, see, that's the thing I don't know because <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but in all-star they are equal they are at least i'm sorry let me rephrase in the states they're equal in those lower level lower levels and the levels on a certain score sheet now they're level sevens and some international teams some open teams and things like that they use different score sheets but score sheets from like one to five and um normal six and uh i think all of seven is on the other one but normal six and then below you are looking at five points for stunt difficulty, five points for stunt technique, five points for standing tumbling, five points for running tumbling. Difficulty. Okay, so I have it I have it pulled up. Stunts, They're even. Are, 
uh, building skills are 40 points and tumbling skills are 30 points. So it's not as big of a difference as I originally said. Um, okay, no, I stand corrected. There is a difference. <clears throat> but there, there is a difference. You know, you have stunt and co-ed quantity where you don't have any quantity when it comes to tumbling skills. You have standing, running, and jumps. And jumps are considered a tumbling skill when you're not really even flipping. So if we want to just talk about standing and running tumbling, that's 20 points where stunt pyramid tosses and stunt or co-ed quantity is 40 of these points. Wait, is jumps 10 points? Yes. Difficulty 5, execution 5 difficulty okay okay that's a whole conversation in its own but we're just gonna we're just gonna breeze past that one because wow jump difficulty i never thought i'd hear hear those two words put in put in a row okay well i stand corrected stunning is way more so i that makes sense i guess you push it more but just because something is emphasized more should we still forget those progressions i think if it's emphasized more in my opinion, it should be way more structured because it, it it's worth more. So you should be really focusing on doing skills that are in your level and doing them and executing them. And I think that I, I mean, I still think that they're pushing them, but I, I do agree. I, I see why, why that would be an explanation. Do I like that explanation? No. Does it make sense? Not to me, but and I think I mean, that's pretty clear. <laughs> I, and this brings up another point for me or just a thought. Like I'm I'm looking at the varsity score sheet, the varsity all-star scoring system score sheet. And I think most of all-star competitions these days follow this score sheet, except for Worlds, one of the biggest competitions. And Worlds has its own score sheet. And it doesn't it, – it's never made sense to me, I mean, even as a coach, why you are – performing all year getting scored on this varsity score sheet and then you show up to the biggest competition of your year the one you've worked for and it's a completely different score sheet as an athlete i mean i'm gonna go out there and do what i'm supposed to do and trust my coaches but as a coach if you're smart you design the routine to hit the yeah. score sheet <laughs> so i know how this routine is gonna hit on a varsity score sheet that's what i've done all year and then i show up to this biggest competition and hope it hits the same, it's not going to work that way. And that, it, it never has made sense to me. Well, let me tell you, I coached a world's team last year. And it, I mean, you literally, I mean, we've been on, we ever, do you remember at CA, every, after every NCA, you got a new routine. You had an NCA routine. Yes. You had, you had like things, you, you know, coming in after NCA that next week, the week after you're going to get. Choreography. Yeah. Because you ha are hitting a different score sheet. I mean, even then, e it's not even just um, worlds and everything else. E even if you go to a competition that isn't through that big company, you're going to have a different score sheet. Or you might have a different score sheet because they don't have to use that one. Right. I mean, I grew up back in the day when NCA was out of 10 points. And then we went to Cheer America, which was out of 500 points. So, I mean, you were hitting it. it and that was kind of back in the day. But uh, you were hitting just different score sheets based on the competition company. And it wasn't until probably three or four years before I went to Cheer Athletics that they kind of unified it and created one bigger score sheet for that. But it's just still, I don't know why Worlds doesn't follow the same thing. Or, yeah, you know, because, I mean, if you go to Summit, you're still following that varsity score sheet. And as a coach, I have seven, eight competitions with 
10 to 12 routines, depending on how many two-day competitions you went to, of data under my belt. Like, I know what's going to hit what. I know how this should score. I have a range. I have all this data where you're going into worlds, and I have no data on this routine. I have data that's on a completely different way of being measured. So I kind of have a measure, but it's still a rough estimate. It's not like they have events of the year either. It's just, I mean, that, I mean, I guess that makes it even is that no one has that data that you're talking yeah. about. Well, did you at Worlds ever after day one have to meet on the basketball court and practice and redo stunts and redo stuff for day two? Of course. <laughs> okay. I full like now as a coach, as we're talking about it, like I was super mad that Saturday night after we hit a zero and we're in first place at the World Championships. They're like, all right, meet on the basketball court. And we're like, what's going on? And they completely changed our partner stunt and our elite stunt. And I was like, why? Like, we hit. We're in first. Like, it's comparative. But it's to hit that score sheet. And, I mean, I think that then again, we could talk about athlete safety. We could talk about progression. Like, I've trained this one stunt for nine, ten months now. And now you're going to change it. Finals day of the world championships. Got to do what you got to do sometimes. If we united the score sheets, it wouldn't be as big of an issue. I agree. And here's my one issue is with that is, I mean, which one's better? Because in my opinion, there's, I mean, if you're looking at the universal score sheet that is used more widely, you're looking at more structure and more, more things like that. But also you have the elite and the level appropriate and you're really, it, it takes out the, uh, like you said, I mean, why would you go out on a level seventeen and do backhanding full ups? Why, if you're just if you can just do toss awesomes? I don't think that that should score the same, but because of the, sco- the way score sheet is, it does. And so then you're looking at oh, we should go comparative. <clears throat> but also, if I'm looking at it comparatively, me coming from a gymnastics background, which is such a structured, such a structured um, scoring system. I mean, it's down to the tenth, the half tenth. You know exactly right. like if every judge can say this is exactly why I took this off. When you go comparative, you're going judge's bias, and every judge has a bias whether they want to or not. I mean, it's just human nature. So then you're looking at comparative is unfair because you're just going off of which judge likes that better instead of actual skill. So it's kind of like a yin yang kind of thing. And then, I mean, do you do like half and half? Do you give wider ranges? Do we do out of more points and have that structure be a little wider and then do comparative in there? Do we need more comparative? Like, it, it, I I don't I mean one I haven't really thought of an answer to that because nobody asks me <laughs> I'm not in that circle <laughs> that's gonna make the, <laughs> no one's like hey Brayden how do we fix all the cheerleading score sheets I don't know nobody asks me I don't have to come up with these answers I just do because it's above our pay grade way above our pay grade but I if someone was like hey Brayden what needs to be fixed I would 100% say the score sheet the rules and everything in it and I mean I think and this is, could just be Personal, I have minimal knowledge of the world score sheet when I was at Chair Athletics, and you know we studied score sheets and all about that. I was not coaching Way the world team, so I, my knowledge is mainly on the varsity score sheet because that's all I really ever was judged on. But uh, it comes to worlds, and all these teams are hit with these deductions that are like incomplete twists and certain things like that. That to me, why are those never considered in the regular season on the varsity score sheet? Like. To me, the world score sheet sets you apart. It sets you apart so much better than the varsity score sheet. And so the varsity score sheet 
by not having those little deductions and holding you to that higher standard of literal perfection, you're opening the door for more judges bias than at worlds where you are judged on the tiniest of details. I agree. Here's the thing. And here's the issue with that because there's always an issue with something. Um, always. <laughs> in varsity, in varsity score sheet, you have um, your universal score sheet. You're looking at, they took, they used to have those. Those used to be deductions. I know, I know very well that you remember when they, they were doing incomplete doubles. Cause I mean, my, one of the teams I was on got hit with an incomplete double once and it was a deduction that cost us a competition, but we're not going to go into that. Um, bobbles used to be a thing. Bobbles were yeah, so difficult bobbles. because they were very hard to justify what defines a bobble, what defines a bobble per level and how can you truly defend a bobble if it's questionable? So they were like, oh, we'll just get rid of bobbles because a fall is a fall. A fall is very definite. If the athlete, athlete hits the floor or completely comes out of a skill, you know, that's easy didn't to they, be like, oh, look. Didn't they make bobbles where it, uh, if it lowers to prep, like in an extended stunt, if it lowers to prep and then pushes back up, it's a bobble. So they like added certain levels. I could be wrong. No, not even, uh, they got rid of them now. There's no bobbles. Okay. They took it out. They take it out of your um, execution now. So hmm. what do you think is going to be more? You think if, if you have, if you're looking at nine stunts, let's just say it's a very large team. You're looking at nine stunts. You have eight stunts hit perfectly. One stunt bobbles in execution. You're going to be a little nicer versus. And another thing was whenever they did bobbles, you were supposed to be like, Oh, that was a deduction. Judge everything else because you already took away. And I understand that people wouldn't do that. They would give them the bobble deduction and then store them worse. But now you're looking at, I just don't think like it, unless it's a fall, I don't think it's hitting as hard. And I don't like that. I think that if you're going to go out there, you need to hit your team. Oh, always. I mean, if you're going to go out there and compete, why are you not going to hit? I, I definitely see your point. I definitely agree with you. Bobbles have always blown my mind. Cause I mean, I cheered back in the day when, you you had a little stunt mishap and you didn't know how bad it was and then you got off the floor and you were just keeping your fingers crossed that they didn't actually count it as a bobble because if it wasn't to a certain degree, which was just objective, it just came off of your execution a little bit. And that's, I mean, that's the issue with more comparative is the objectiveness. Who Like now we're just putting trust into those pe- those judges, which I'm not saying that they're not trustworthy or that they aren't good at their jobs. I'm just saying... There are biases. There are. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, especially like being in the cheerleading world and say I'm judging large co-ed at the cheerleading world. You know, I'd love Cheetah's routine no matter what happened. But and and obviously I'm not going to like score them 15 points higher. But in the back of your mind. That's that's something that definitely, you know, you have you're a little more lenient with things. Your your mind goes to those a little higher numbers just because of who the team is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one thing that you mentioned that I would like to talk about, and that was surfaces. And I'd like to hear your, your spiel on surfaces. All right. So yeah, let's get out of the all-star world a bit. Let's go kind of into uh, high school and it kind of applies to college. Um, but in high school, one of the things that kind of bugs me the most is just surfaces and what you're allowed to do on different surfaces track for obvious kind of reasons is not considered a safe surface like grass or turf and the mats are. And so, uh, 
it kind of creates this situation where I, I, I'm lucky enough. I have very talented cheerleaders, um, especially for a high school. And I want to train these harder skills, but at the same time, if we can't use them, for instance, like we didn't compete this year, competitions are crazy. It just, it, it was with COVID and everything. I hadn't had a full week of practices even with everyone. So like trying to get a competition team together was kind of a mess. So I still want to train these skills. Like I have talented girls. Let's do TikToks. Let's do full downs. Let's do all these things. But when we get to a game and we're on a basketball court or we're on a football field and a high school football field, most of the time, Ninety percent of the time, you're going to be on a track, and we we can't use it. And I always hear the argument like, "Who's going to tell on us?" And granted, yeah, you're right. No one is going to tell on us. There's not anyone probably in the stands who knows cheerleading rules. But there is a situation where something happens, freak accidents, stunts right. fall, whatever, yeah. and, and then it and then you have to report it, and then it's bad. So it's the way these surface rules are set up. I'm able to train these skills. But when am I actually able to use them? So the, I think that the services are are dumb because, I mean, there's one thing that I can attest to. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're going to stunt on concrete, you shouldn't at all. Common that's sense comes common in. Common sense. Point. Yeah. <laughs> that's just common sense. Thank you. I'm so glad we agreed on that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Basketball court, don't do crazy stuff. But do, you can do some stuff. I, I get that. Um, there is a college and in my brain, I believe it's the university of Hawaii. And I've heard stories about this. If someone from the university of Hawaii is like, Hey, you're completely wrong. I wouldn't argue with that, but I'm I'm like, Ian Johnson, please tell us if we're right or not. Yeah. Um, I'm like 80%. It might be HPU. I believe it was something in Hawaii and, um, I'm 80% confident what I'm about to say, but I'm saying anyway, uh, (laughs) there is a team. I believe to be the University of Hawaii or HPU that twists like a, a normal full up co-ed would spin right, correct? Yes. Um, most everything spins right, and that's how we twist do it. Right and on the way up, twist left on the way left down. On the way down, yeah, with some exceptions, but we can we can get into that later. Um, there is a college that started spinning the opposite way because if you do a full up to arabesque spinning the normal way you're doing a full and a quarter and with the the rules on surfaces they were allowed to do more than a more like they couldn't do a full up or anything further on that surface so they would spin the other way because it was only three quarters to the arabesque so they changed the entire way they stunted just so they could cheat it into the rules for those surfaces that's crazy to me just wow. let them do a full quarter like now, now you have people doing like if I, I mean, I don't trust, I'm not trusting my spin left skills. No, like I, I have like three thoughts with this one completely aligned with you. Like because of these rules, they're able to already hit these stunts and now they're having to pretty much rework them with less training, less time under their belt, doing them to be able to hit them and be able to show off at a game Two props to that coach. I mean, that's, taking the rule book and defining it and really thinking about it. Like, you know, you and I both know, like it's all about gray areas If it doesn't define it and you can fit it in this gray area and get creative. Like that's where the creativity shines in cheerleading. Yeah. And my third one way to go <laughs> for those cry. athletes. Cause that's tough. Yeah. 
80% confidence. I'm going to re- reiterate that 80% confidence in the uh, things I just said, but I do personally think that it's true. And I remember someone saying that to me, but also I can't trust everything that's told to me, but we're going to go and pretend it is. So yeah, crazy. That talk I mean, podcast I- where Brayden makes up cheerleading. <laughs> where Br- Brayden instigates random things that were told to him one time. Uh, <laughs> Sooner. <laughs> I quickly like to get into our last talking point because we are almost done, almost out of time. The differences in NCA and UCA college, because we talked about it some last week. I'd like to kind of get into that more and pretty much the different main, I mean, we're looking at rules. Rules are the same. You're, you're still, I mean, shoulder stands are now need a spot that happened in NCA and UCA. You're looking at pretty much the same rules when it comes to skills uh, score sheets are drastically different and drastically different. I mean, you, I mean, you can tell me the differences there and what's more emphasized in what, I mean, uh, for the most part. And like, I haven't really looked into these score sheets, but I just know kind of looking at the different styles NCA, I'd compare it more to an all-star routine. Um, when you talk about college cheer NCA, you only do game day for like a minute on uh, day one. That's your day one routine. You do that for a minute, and then you do your routine. Day two, you go out. It's just your routine. Um, your routine is all music, and it's it's basically like an all-star routine. You have your standing tumbling, your running tumbling, your jump section, um, which includes your standing tumbling. Most of the time, teams don't have separate sections for that. But then you have uh, your partner stunt, which is like your elite stunt, and then pyramid and dance. And then UCA, I mean, Braden, you could probably speak to this more, but my kind of impression and what I've kind of known about UCA is that it's a lot more of the traditional collegiate style. You have a cheer pretty much in the middle of your routine that is probably a minute, minute and a half long. It is part of your routine. You are still doing skills. You're still doing, you, you have signs, you incorporate props. NCA, you do that as well. Um, but I think the skills are a little different game day wise and a little more focused on hitting the crowd and showmanship than the UCA is a traditional like raw, raw, what you hear. Yeah. Um, with the cheer, I mean, going on that cheer, there's literally like the music that we have has like a, I think it's 40 seconds, 40 second gap. Like, okay. It goes silent and then it picks back up. So like, it's literally built into your routine and like, you just kind of hope that that you're doing it at the right (laughs) speed because it very well could just go ding, ding. And your second part starts and you're like, Oh oh, no, I am not there. But uh, the main difference to me between the two is um, I, like you said, the more collegiate um, approach. And I, I I agree with that in that UCA is more like, you know, puffy uniforms, uh, all like the whole look and everything. And, um, but to me, it's more, I think NCA is more of an all-around all-star feel. You're doing more. You're doing um, like faster counts. You're doing choreography. You're doing like very difficult tumbling passes and all this stuff. Um, whereas in UCA, it's more we're going to slow it down. We're going to take um, some portions out. We do not dance in UCA. We do not jump in UCA. Which <laughs> uh, love that. But lucky the itself, the pyramids, the the. Um, the pyramids and the stunts are much harder when you're looking at like a team who wins NCA versus like Kentucky who is or Kentucky or Alabama or UCF. 
um, hopefully OU within a few years, but well, yeah, um, you're looking at like Kentucky doing handskis and um, double ups and Diamondoff extended hand in hand to one arm. Like you don't see that on the band shell at NCAA. You don't see those skills, but you're also not seeing those full and a half to full full and those one to full fulls on in, in UCA. So I think it's like a give or take, just kind of what is more comfortable for you. I personally loved UCA because I like the more stunt heavy side of it. I didn't have to jump, which is amazing. I enjoyed the cheer because it was still like you're doing skills that were difficult. And, but you were also like, it, I mean, cheer was a big part of the score sheet on UCA. And so if you're not loud, you like you, a lot of people got docked and lost valuable points because they're being lazy in their cheer. And I like how that is one, one thing that's like super important. Like you can't just like, Oh, I'm just in the cheer. I'm just going to like, relax. I'm like, no, you have to be loud. You have to draw those people in and you have to do hard skills while you're doing it. Right. And I think you hit on it perfectly. The uh, UCA score sheet and UCA style is uh, much more stunt heavy where, you know, you'll see them maybe do a squad group of round off back handspring fulls or round off fulls. That's the extent of tumbling that you really see. Yeah, like standing fulls, round off handspring fulls, and that's the extent of tumbling that you see where me as a NCA college cheerleader, it was full fulls, jump standing two to full full. I was bounding everywhere. It was um, a lot more showy and kind of the other side of that cheer. You had to be loud during that game day cheer, but hey, I can make it through one minute of one day to push hard for the two and a half minutes or whatever of my routine. And guess what? I don't have to do it tomorrow. So I'm going to give it my all today to make it to tomorrow. And then your cheer is not even in your score sheet. Yeah. And we also, in UCI, you usually do two pyramid sections instead of right. one. You yeah. do one first and one second half. So it's, um, and the second half, I mean, our first half is usually like tumbling, uh, IME, um, elite stunt and a pyramid. You did your cheer which was usually pyramids. Also you like usually your ending pyramid in the first part fed into your cheer pyramid. And then you did another elite um, and then another pyramid and then you ended. And usually, I mean, you don't have to, most people do end in the pyramid. Like it's like, bah, and the music stops and every, you're like at the last structure, which is really awkward when the last structure falls. Ooh. Okay. So wait, you said you'd had elite stunt section during your cheer. No, before. Okay, because I was like, wait, hold on. I know NCA like during your yeah. cheer, it's game day rules, so it's like toss extensions, shoulder stands, hands with because si- you have signs, you have those props, so you're not doing like no, yeah, who absolutely, knows what. I mean, that's it. yeah, unless you're did. Kentucky, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not in their cheer. Yeah, it's like yeah, eh, eh. inhuman. Um, in UCA, it's usually like. Um, we would have like a toss extension in the middle, some shoulder stands, and then the shoulder stands would have signs. They drop the signs, and then we would do a pyramid, a two two one or a one one one. It just depended on the year. All right. Okay. So another thing. Sorry. Before we go, um, I've randomly the other day, Braden popped up on my Snapchat, and he's in New York City, just chilling in Manhattan. Um, I had no idea, but uh, <laughs> he was he was doing stuff with his uh, company, works with Spirit Championships. Um, I know we've talked a lot about competitions and what they're going to look like. Um, and I personally just wanted to ask him one, what were you doing in New York? And two, tell me about spirit championships. Cause like genuinely I'm interested in how they're doing competitions and what's going on. Okay. Um, I'll try to be very quick about this. Cause I know we're wrapping up here, yeah. but um, no promo. Yeah. Um, I was in New York city 
And I met some other people there and we were doing the commentating for the live stream because the competition this weekend was purely live stream. There was zero people at a convention center or anything. Um, what happens is, is the spirit championship sh- sends out a camera to your gym and you stream in your routines and the judges are all virtual and we watch them. And then we're what I, we do is um, we just kind of talk between it about the teams and everything about levels and skills and just kind of give information just to make the stream enjoyable to watch. So it's not team break, team break. Um, but I mean, I like it because I know we talked about the video competitions and how we didn't like that and how it, and so I enjoy it because it's a live stream. All the teams are live. All the judges are um, virtual. So everything's being judged the same way. Even so we have some competitions that are in person and the judges are still virtual so that those in-person teams aren't getting a benefit, which I think is awesome. There is, if your stream goes down, the camera works independently and has an SD card. So even if the stream goes down and it's not live streamed on the stream, it's saved on the SD card and they can pull that out remotely. So you still don't get a second go. Oh my gosh. That is some next level thinking. I know. So I really like it because it's thought of everything. It's live. If it drops on the live, it's still that one shot. And it makes it to where you can compete from anywhere. That's crazy. Like to me, that's almost. Yeah. I was like, that's the future of all-star cheerleading. And are you going to take me with you to New York? Hey man, you're welcome. Whenever buy your plane ticket. Hey, don't tempt me at all. Cause you know, (laughs) I will be there. Give me a heads up next time. Cause I, uh, you know, I want to go to New York city. So, uh, don't tempt me. All, All right. right, that is going to wrap us up for today. Thank you for listening to our very opinionated rants about these levels and my heated rants, especially about standing tumbling and all-star. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed today as much as we enjoyed making it. Make sure you tell your friends, follow us on Instagram and everything else, and Jake can give you that username because I'm dumb and can't remember. At MacTalkPod, M-A-T-T-A-L-K-P-O-D. Make sure to follow. We will see you guys next week. Adios.